All right. I'm Jordan. I'm Brian. And we're going to go sit in traffic <laughs> in a Ram 1500 Bighorn, which yeah. is the middle-ish kind yeah, of Yeah, that's called this the mainstream trim, realistically. I think this is your volume seller. Yeah. Well, the volume is the like the crazy fleet one, but the, the normal people volume seller yeah. is this one. Um, and it's a nice place to be for $58,000. I think you're missing that mark. Used to seem... 56. <laughs> 56. nine. But yeah, give him a little bit of credit. 56.9. Oh, well. Okay, fine. And we're here in a Ram 1500 for $56,900, which used to seem like a ton of money for a big truck. But now it's not really anymore. It's at some point fairly that... middle of the road-ish. I mean, yeah. you can get them... You could actually knock some money off of this fairly easily um, in terms of options that you take if you wanted to deck it out yourself. Drop the 20-inch wheels, drop the air suspension, drop the ginormous sunroof. Well, how much do those things cost? I don't know because they're cut off on the side of the page, but oh, at least it's over $1,000 each. All right. It looks like the wheels are 1500 and change. These air suspension is... I think that's a seven seventeen hundred. The sunroof is twelve hundred and something. Okay, so that's that stuff adds up. So that gets you, yeah. you get rid of the the. Okay, well you wouldn't. What? But here's the thing: you wouldn't get rid of the sunroof because it's amazing. I mean, so what else would you? The twenty inch I, wheels you can get rid of. Twenty wheels you can definitely get rid of. The the sunroof I go back and forth on. It is huge. You I think it might it. actually be worth twelve hundred dollars. I think it's worth twelve hundred. I have never thought of putting a sunroof in a truck until I saw this. But look at that. Like, it's a greenhouse. It's so good. <laughs> Makes it seem all light in here. Yeah, I kind of like, like that. Lot. Air suspension. Sure, why not? Why wouldn't you want that on a truck? Okay, this isn't a truck-specific comment, but air suspension in general. Long-term. Uh, yeah, long-term is questionable. So all suspension brakes and have to be replaced. Like, it's just a wear and tear item. I don't think I've owned a vehicle where I didn't have to do some sort of suspension work over the life of the thing, right? Yeah. And air suspension is exceptionally expensive. Yeah, I think happens. I think the air suspension is if you're going to drive this truck every day and it's a comfort truck. If this is your commuting vehicle, yeah, that's when you buy the air suspension. And there's a little a little toggly button down here, yeah, and you can hit it and then it yells at you. Selected ride height not permitted due to speed. If I try and go down, if I try and go up, oh, it'll go up. Okay, right. Well, it it'll change at certain speeds. So I read up at highway speeds, it automatically gets low. Okay, ish. Well, low-ish, right? Because yeah. there's a there's an entry mode. Yeah, where it goes to, so you can get in and out easier. Which yeah. it's a it's a high truck, so that's a nice a nicest feature. And uh, yeah, so okay, I'm I'm down with that. If you're gonna drive it every day, you know, it could be nice to have. Well, I think I'm really glad we're doing this test because in this trim, this is the trim people are going to buy. I think to drive up and down the highway in traffic. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, for for the everyday consumer, it's going to be this, or you go above into the the limited or the the Longhorn, yeah, and get the really fancy stuff. Which, you know, this has cloth seats. They're really nice cloth seats. I was actually surprised by that when we got the truck at first. I'm like, it has cloth, but then I thought to myself, you know, there are a lot of people who like cloth. I own a truck with cloth. It makes sense to a lot of people. I think the cloth seats make sense because you could certainly spend more and get the leather, but. A lot of people don't actually like leather, even yeah. though it's standard in, like, every car now. Yeah. Um, and especially on a truck, you think about, you know, okay, we're, we live in the city, so not really the target market for people who are going to be mucking around their ranch. But there are going to be people who buy this on their ranch, and they get 
dirty and muddy and yeah. whatever. And you know, it's got big, uh, you know, rubber floor mats and yeah. and all sorts of nice things um, to to keep it cleanish. Ish, I think, and it's good dirt colored seats actually. The yeah, the dirt. I, well, I bet if you look on that thing, it'll tell you. There's probably a name, like caramel or oh. or dust or I don't know. What do we got? Top left, probably. Maybe. Oh, wow. I don't know. The Lux Clock Bucket Seat. Oh, interior color, light mountain brown. Ah, there's always something good. Marketing people like come up with great colors. I, I'm a little disappointed by the brown, though it, it is uh, very accurate. Um, and it, it matches. So you get the seats that are the brown. You get the the everywhere yeah. else is the brown, and then there's black stuff. And it, it's I, I like it. It looks good. It does. I like the, I it, like the color combo here. Um, outside is this red, which is red. chili red or something. I don't know, some sort of red. It, yeah. I think it was. Did we check? Say it was chili red. No, that was it the last car. Delmonico red pearl. Wow. Delmon what? Delmonico red pearl. Wow. Pearl coat exterior paint, yeah. Okay. How much does that cost? Does it not say? It doesn't. I want to say it's like $400. Anyway. Uh, uh, it does not say. So, uh, you have had pickups for a long time. Yes. Uh, you currently have a Silverado 1500 from a couple years ago. Yeah, you 2016. Had, yeah, and, and I, I'm thinking back. You had, a, I believe, a 2001 Ford F-150. I did. It, it did not look like this. It did not, it look did not at all look like this. <laughs> so we have come a long way. Yeah. It was also a lot cheaper than this, to be fair. Much cheaper. Much cheaper. So uh, we've gone up market, and I was actually talking to Jim Morrison, who's the president of Ram, uh, the other day about who was going to break $100,000 on, yeah. on their pickup first. Uh, and, and he didn't say it would be Ram, but he also seemed to suggest that it was coming. Oh, I think it was so. gonna. It was gonna be around. You're gonna get to one of the heavy-duty trucks that they're gonna throw stuff onto, and you'll be there in no time. Yep, because we we were actually playing around in a Ram 3500 heavy-duty dually, yeah. uh, which I think was spec to 91,000 or something, and it's not a far jump yeah. from there. And I think it's at that point it's just gonna be a prestige thing. Who's hey. gonna Who's gonna have the hundred thousand dollar truck first? Hell, a few years inflation gets you from 91 to 100. Yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna get there, and that's gonna be interesting because. You know, people have been saying every time you hit some mark, sixty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars, eighty thousand dollars, that oh, that's going to be it, and that's p truck buyers are going to stop buying it. And well, now you can buy an SUV from Rolls Royce for four hundred and fifty thousand. And people I, are buying I think that. What's, what's going if things start slipping back down market, it's going to be an economy move. I mean, the economy's been growing for over a decade now. There's going to be a point where it goes into a downturn. And well, automotive is a notoriously cyclical business. Yeah, they're they're we're getting a little worries around that, but. If you want to get down on price, you don't buy this. You buy the smaller one. You buy the range Ford Ranger. You buy the Chevy Colorado, uh, and whatever FCA inevitably comes out with to compete with those, which they haven't yet. People more likely just stop buying vehicles, to be honest, and they let their replacement cycle go because modern vehicles today are capable of lasting a lot longer. Usually, in you know today's market, people don't necessarily get rid of a car because it's dead, but because they just don't want to either fix it or they don't want to deal with the older thing. I want Android Auto or whatever. Yeah, the average uh, lifespan of a consumer buying a vehicle, I think, is somewhere around seven years um, is how long they'll have it for. Right. Uh, for most people. So, But the life cycle of a vehicle in general is, is way a lot higher than yeah, that. Double or triple that. So we'll, we'll see. Which is going to be interesting long term um, because this has got a lot of things. Like your, your 
2001 F-150, you could still use it today, and you could listen to the radio, it. and you could use the cruise control, you could do it all that had, stuff. It would have had a million miles on it by this point, but yes. Yeah, but you, but you could keep using it. And yeah. so I wonder how these cars with the big screen and the auto-leveling air suspension and the d- digital displays everywhere are going to work in 15 years. Is this going to have to get replaced? Or do you just does it just keep working? I don't That's know. an open question. In so the this industry. these are um, it's worth pointing out that these are not the same displays that you get in your iPhone or in your computer or whatever. No. They are to put a fine term on it, automotive grade, which is yes. a real thing. Tesla has discovered that you need automotive grade displays. Absolutely, because, because they start to work. Because this is in the sun all the time. That's right. It's basically in an oven all day, and then it's in the freezer all day. Yeah, and it gets hot and cold and hot and cold and hot and cold over and 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 yes. over. And over. And it's got to work forever. Um, and so, okay, so we'll see. But $56,000 is a really nice place to be. It tows a lot of stuff. I don't know about the little knob. I'm a little hit or miss on the knob. I don't mind the knob. Um, I'll plenty of things to complain about, but the fine. knob's not one. Well, I think it's one of those things that, that journalists complain about. But if you buy the thing, after two weeks, you don't care anymore. No. So you get the knob. Uh, PRND. Yeah. Fine. Uh, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive auto, push button, four yeah. high, four low, push button everything, axle lock, which, which is, is nice. The, the rear diff, yeah. Um, and then uh, a hill descent control speed feature. I will say for people who don't think the four-wheel drive auto is any good, so my 2001, for example, had a stick on the floor for yes. easy shift on the fly, but that's how you shift to four-wheel drive. My 2016 Silverado, all of a sudden, has a little dial on it. It has the four-wheel drive auto, and I'm like, I'm never going to use it. All the time I use it. It's... I can't even tell the difference between that and four high 99% of the time. It's fantastic. It is, yeah. This guy just booking it down the breakdown lane. Okay, yeah, whatever. Do that. It's very important. But this yeah. is what happens when you sit in traffic. You see people <laughs> doing stupid things. Um, yeah, so you, so you got all that and, and the electronics and it's, it's smart. And I have no doubt uh, that if you did take it off-road that it would be fine. Um, here in traffic, two-wheel drive. Oh, yeah, that's... That's what you use most of the time. You'll find, though, I bet if it rains, the four auto comes into play just because if you're sitting up a hill a little bit and you get to go. A little bit of. Yeah, a little wheel spin. Yeah, a little, little bit of wheel spin, and you got you got the button, and it's right there. And I bet yeah. if I just hit it, uh, it is switching, and it gives yeah. me a little notice on the dash, and we're done. Set it and forget it. I'll That's run easy. it a lot in the winter. Yeah. Um, generally, I would think you would lose a little bit of fuel economy, but it's going to be very little. It's very little, actually. It's Especially these A days. mile per gallon, maybe, I think I've noticed. It's not big. Yep. So, uh, yeah, actually, speaking of miles per gallon, uh, I can go through here. 14.6 has been my average so far. That's not great. Uh, no, um, but do you know where I've been driving? No. In traffic. So, that'll happen. You know where I, we're, what we're doing today? This yeah. is my this daily This is going to go down. Yeah, well, this is my daily commute, okay? Yep. Um, in your Silverado. In my Silverado, yeah. yep. And what do you think I average on Silverado, day in, day out? Oh, uh, 17. 18, maybe 19, depending on if I'm having a good day. Yeah, if you're driving like a jerk or not. Yeah, and I, that's with the V8, very similarly equipped. Yeah. You can... Your truck feels a lot smaller than this. I'm not sure why. I don't I think know it might be because either. it's smaller. I'd get to have to get the tape measure. It, you, we could look it up. Yeah, it's a game of inches. Honestly. Hold on, we're going to put it up right here. Boom. Now we'll see if that works. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, you know, but I will say this feels a lot nicer than your truck. Yeah. Which so is just three years old. And I think that has to do with the manufacturing more than it has to do with the age of the vehicle. Yeah. You know, I have to, I like Chevy a lot, 
Um, and I especially like the uh, GMC Sierra mm-hmm. in the Denali trim, which oh, is that's another animal, you know, together. a whole other thing. Um, but the the regular Sierra is is also a nice place to be, and you've got the screen and you've got all the stuff. Um, but this just has some stuff that that doesn't. Right. So your Sierra versus Silverado decision really comes down to style. Functionally, they're the same vehicle, uh, and. I will say that the new Sierra, I think, looks a lot better than the new Silverado. I would not buy the new Silverado just based on its looks. But the Sierra, I'm all in at. This thing, this here is a different level of quality. Dodge makes a vehicle that rides more car-like. I like the surfaces, the technology stack. This does feel like a much better daily driving vehicle. Yeah, and and, and I wonder how much of that is due actually to the air suspension riding Mm -hmm. around in it. But... um, yeah, it used to be that, that Chevy's really strong suit was the chassis and how well it rode and yeah. things like that. And Ram sort of had the powertrain thing going. And then uh, Ford was sort of the all-around, yeah, you know, uh, five-star sort of thing. Um, but today, you know, this is the first Ram 1500 that I've driven in a while. And it's really good. And I understand why it's winning all the awards. Yes. So... I can see this vehicle making... A lot of sense for a lot of buyers. But yep. should we get to the one thing? I, I, I thought about this. When I first got into this vehicle, I said, I like this. I could buy this. And then the more I thought about it, there's the one thing that ruined got it for people. me. Yes, for what? Busted. Several people. Yeah. In stopping the traffic, I don't know what they're getting What are for. they doing? Maybe it was that guy driving up the breakdown lane. Well, there's three of them, though. Oh, any rate. <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> The one reason I would not buy this vehicle, and FCA, I hope you're listening to me, we're at $57,000, no automatic emergency braking. I have air suspension. I have a moonroof I could land a helicopter in, and no automatic emergency braking. Yeah, these days, uh, so what I've been saying for the past two years or so is that when you come out with a new generation model, it's sort of unforgivable not to have it. Um, At least available, and it is available in this, but... I tried to configure this... I mean, you have to go up a trim level from the Bighorn. Yeah. So you, you're popping a price point and then adding it, you know? It's like... Yeah, which is which is really not great, especially uh, since we looked up this morning, the Ford F-150 has it standard across and, the trim range. Yeah. And the Toyota Tundra as well. The oldest trucks on the market, standard. Yeah, Toyota has, has made a decision to put the safety suite in all its vehicles yeah. um, and has really pushed that hard. And the Americans are just lagging behind, and that's... Well, I'm just, we're going to well, keep bashing I mean, them on Ford it. Ford is an American... They are. The, it's yeah, standard. They're, they're, it's the Italians standard. Are apparently lagging behind. Yep, they're they're late to the party, <laughs> but uh, but Ford is is getting their their act together. Yeah, um, and we'll see what happens. And it's just sort of a, a priority thing. It does cost a lot of money. It does add expense to the vehicle. Um, sure. And it is one of those things that people are not going to ask for because something like blind spot monitoring is something you can see and you see it every day. Automatic emergency braking is something you don't see until you need to not drive into the car. I, I in front. disagree. I think there's a lot of people walking into dealerships demanding it in vehicles. With that said, is the average truck buyer that's a yes. little bit different than the average vehicle buyer? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, truck buyer maybe a little more independent, a little more I don't need anyone telling me what to do sort of thing. It's the type of person who would complain about having a button for four wheel drive instead of a big chunky yes. thing on the floor. That's um, true. And well, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, as we know, it does reduce front-end collisions. It's a safety thing. It should be there, um, and it should be standard. So I think that's we'll just uh, keep harping on that. And every yeah. car we get that doesn't have one. Yes. 
So also looking at things that stood out to me, the back seat in this is enormous. I actually feel like there's more room in the back seat than there is the front. It's impressive. And the back seats recline. Which is crazy. <laughs> in a truck? No kidding. Yeah, so uh, riding in the back of your buddy's pickup is not the horrible experience that it used to be. Yeah. Now it's really quite nice. And there's a 110-volt power outlet yeah. and two USB ports and two USB-C ports yeah. and like 700 cup holders. Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive, actually. Um, and then up here, we have more USB ports. We have two regular and two USB-C. All right, so let's talk about the center console for a minute. Um, yeah, I like this thing. I really like it. It's huge, okay? You could fit bodies in here. Look, another USB port. They're everywhere. The sliding thing that reveals a bin that, I don't know, you could ice fish in? I mean, I don't even Absolutely. know. Yeah, you can keep everything. Uh, yeah, keep your beers there. <laughs> yeah. um, there's another 110 power port up here. Yeah. The only thing that is kind of weird is the 12-volt power adapters, of which there's only one up here. Yeah. So to power our camera, I had to plug it in up here, and it's all ugly. And I was searching well, everywhere underneath, and I couldn't find it. There's... With that said, this Ooh, there's like a map pocket here. There's right. a big pocket here. There's well, yeah. pockets everywhere. The, you know, and I'd actually, there's USB down here, even though the, and there is the one ten, even though there's not the cigarette lighter. Yeah, it's adapter. not. It's it's kind of a weak complaint because we've been complaining forever about we need more USB ports, and now there's two, four, six, eight, nine. About. There's no complaints really. <laughs> if you have to hook GoPros up in your car, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's it. If you're not going to put GoPros on your dashboard, this is not a problem. Yeah, it's so fine. this is fine. Um, yeah, so the couple you got cup holders here, you got the bin, you got change storage, yeah. you got um, underneath you have the, the trigonometry. This is cool. Thing. We'll have to show it later. Yeah. Uh, but when you open this up, there's a whole like maths table on the inside of the bin, yeah. which, you know, it's space they weren't going to use. Anyways, it's super cute. You might, well, you might be an architect having this truck and need to be like, how does trigonometry work again? Oh, right, my truck can tell me. Why wouldn't you have that? I think it's probably for guys on the work side who can't remember how to miter an angle, but yes. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Um, so one thing about the center console, going back to seats, it does kind of bulge out here. And it's been, as a passenger, it's a little annoying that my left foot, not really room for it right here because something... There's bits of car. There is bits of car, and it's not as much foot room as I would like, actually, up here. Uh, I realize I'm kind of nitpicking a little bit. You want to sit in the back? There's lots of room, room in the back. back. There's plenty you know, of room that's back what I'm there. saying. I think the back actually might be the more comfortable seat. I hate to say this. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about more comfortable. Yeah. We haven't spent any time back there, but certainly more leg room. Yeah. So if you're very tall, the back might be where you want to be. Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. You got, and then you got like, you know, okay, it's vinyl up here. That's I don't care. It's a truck. Um, this like shaved carbon fiber look plastic yeah. is kind of silly, but whatever. I don't mind that. Um, steering wheel, big chunky, fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's the, the stuff that I have complaints about is really stuff that doesn't matter. So the center stack, I think, is one of the best, best executed I've seen. And this isn't even the crazy one with the giant iPad. Right. This is the small iPad. Which I actually like a little more because look at these knobs that you can operate with gloves in the wintertime. We time. do like knobs. Um, the other buttons, like my heated steering wheel. It's yes. a button. I so, can, you act, so you yeah. can go in here into the screen, and then you can turn those on. But you also have the big buttons and so you get heated seats heated steering wheel um, this I kind of like is the mute button that shuts yeah. up the music when you, if you're trying to get a call or order you know Chick-fil-A or whatever yeah. um, and uh, and you get all this stuff and then you just hit the big auto button and leave the everything else alone yeah 
and the screen. It's got great dynamic resolution. I like how the Android Auto is actually boxed, so you can see the temperature and what your yes. climate control is set at. Yes. And all of the things you need to see are right there. Yes. So you can you can have your your Android Auto or CarPlay and get the temperature, and the temperature is also over here. Yeah. And I realize this is, seems like a silly thing, but I look at the temperature all the time. Every time I get in the car, oh, what's the temperature outside? Oh, 54. Fine. Yeah. And it's like, I if the CarPlay takes over the whole screen, then you can't see that, and that's just annoying. You know, Volvo was the first car maker to have uh, the CarPlay oh, and yes. Android Auto only take up a section of the screen and to use other bits for everyone else. And, and then they figured out, hey, that's a great idea. We'll do that, too. Yeah. My Silverado takes the whole screen. Yeah. It's kind of annoying, but then again, I don't use the Silverado infotainment ever. Just about. But an Android Auto unlike CarPlay, sticks the temperature. Yes, it does. Right there on the screen. And the forecast. Oh, it's going to be 64 today. Yeah. This New England winter. Or no, New England spring. Yeah, this, for I those, know what month it is. For those of us who are wondering, we're filming in the middle of May here. Yes. Um, though I did just see that some parts of Colorado are going to get 16 inches of snow today. So uh, go skiing. Me. Why not? Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I think overall the interior, solid. Exterior, looks good um you know i i think personally the sierra looks better on the outside yeah for sure but i but that's that's, that's a style I thing i don't care enough to actually buy that over this i think no. i'd buy this instead i i have to say i like the box look of the sierra i've always I mean part of the about the chevy and i is a i come from a chevy family and and that's yeah just let me pause on that for a second because okay. that's a big thing yeah and I think a lot of people, if you didn't grow up in a truck family, it yeah. seems weird. <laughs> but there's this thing. It's like in Australia, there's like Ford and Holden, and it's one or the other. Yeah. And if you're a Ford family, all you buy is Fords. And I think here it's people buy... The truck segment is notorious for having lots and lots of loyalty. Yes. And people, they don't go say, hey, let's cross shop and let's go check out all the trucks. No. I had a Ford F-150 buy another Ford F-150. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to buy another Ford F-150. And I'm going to give it to my kid. And then my kid's going to buy... And on and on and on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they run entire ad campaigns off this. And so it makes it really difficult for car makers to, you know, draw people in from other... You have to really separate yourself from the pack. And that's sort of what I feel like they did here. So that, that loyalty is a big thing. So as a, well, as a I, Chevy owner... I have a confession. When I bought my 2001 F-150, right, my family I thought was going to throw me out. But at that point, it was actually a price point decision, where at the time, the F-150 was selling for considerably less than the Silverado. Um, and, and as a broke college student... I, right, exactly. I said, yeah. all right, yeah. I can make this work. Yeah, and so, you know, I think, I think that's a thing, um, is that people who have a current Silverado like you do yeah. might never even consider coming to look at this or going to look at the F-150 or the, the Tundra for that matter. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Toyota and Nissan have had so much trouble breaking in to the full-size truck market Yeah, I, is because people just have this incredible loyalty. I, I know a couple guys who have Tundras and they love their Tundras despite the fact that they're like antiques, but they do have automatic emergency braking. And now they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they swear by the Tundra. They have developed that same Toyota brand loyalty because it's more bulletproof. The, the frame may rest out to nothing, but mechanically it goes until forever. 
Yeah, I, I was talking to the Lexus engineers once, and they said that they engineered the Lexus engines, which are not the Toyota engines, but it's the same mentality, yeah. uh, to 300 and something thousand miles. That was their expected longevity. Yeah. Without any major issues, is their engineered well, to 300,000. If you look at the vehicles that have the longest life cycle on the road, they tend to be full-size trucks and comparable full-size, you know, truck-based SUV. These things go forever. Yeah, because once, uh, you know, suburban husband you hauling bark mulch around gets rid of your truck, it gets bought by some farmer or kid or whatever. Or another suburban husband who uses it only on the weekends to go to the dump. Exactly. Who's, who's just going to keep using it because at some point it stops being your daily driver and you don't have the air suspension and you just say, oh, I want to sometimes move furniture. And yep. then you become the guy with a truck and then all your friends ask you to help them move. Which, honestly, I've thought about doing with my Silverado when another year or so when I'm back in the market for a vehicle. I've thought about keeping it, parking it as a third vehicle for weekends or whatever and buying something that's not a truck as my commuting car. It's crossed my mind. Yeah, because, you know, you look out here and I realize this is New England, so, you know, there's a truck over there and there's another one up there. But mostly it's sedans and especially crossovers and SUVs and yeah. things. Um, and, you know, if fuel stays at two... 80 a gallon or whatever it is, then yeah, keep buying trucks. Absolutely. If it ends up going up, then, you know, it, you recalculate that. If fuel goes over $4 a gallon again, I'm not going to say I'm going to get rid of my truck, but I am saying I'm going to buy another more fuel-efficient vehicle. And I think there's a lot of people who'd made that switch 10 years ago. They went down on size on vehicles and yep. are rethinking it now. So, but for now, trucks, trucks, trucks. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just announced, uh, Ram was telling us the other day that... Uh, they just passed Silverado in monthly sales, um, which I think does not include Sierra. It definitely does not include Sierra, and it's a little bit of a, a cherry-picked data point. Well, that's how they work. Because the GM is also in the middle of refreshing their truck lineup, and the first one to market with a new thing can sell more, because when you're busy retooling plants, you're not selling new vehicles. Yep. Um, so fine and that's at, at some point that is just a, uh, a measuring contest we yes. should say um, and that's and that's okay but uh, Ram 1500 uh, I believe uh, has won all kinds of awards and uh, I see why yeah it's, it's just a nice place to be um, and you got down here you, I like these little uh, phone holder mm. things um, that the, the I don't know if you can see it but I think you can so your phone sits down there, and it's that's it's nice. nice, yeah. Yeah, and that just sort of goes on with the interior and storage everywhere. Um, up here, you got buttons, uh, open the sunroof, uh, turn on the lights, things like that. No OnStar because it's not a GM vehicle, uh, which is kind of a bummer. I do wish that you could just buy that in every car um, because that sort of connectivity is nice. But you know, it's it, we're really getting down into the nitpicks now of why he cares way more than I do. Yeah, well, I've you know, you drive your car into things and they call the police. It's nice. But other than that, it's like Ram 1500. This is a nice place to be. And I, and I wonder, the only thing really is is the price point. That's 56000 That's a lot of money. But you can get cheaper. You just got to strip out stock. Uh, and, you know, let's be honest. Before we start hammering on this 57 really, price point, it's important to know. And, yes, you can take... We, as we discovered, several thousand off of that with things that you may or may not need. Yeah, um, nobody needs the giant sun. Right. No, you need the giant sun. 20-inch wheels you don't need. 20-inch wheels, again, air suspension, whatever. No, you don't need. We, we don't need yeah. to go through that whole thing again. But trucks are also notoriously or famously discounted, right? I mean, no one pays full stick around a truck. The incentives are always there. Yep, that's true. So, 
Yeah, so I think it's fine, and uh, there are so m- trucks are one of the few places where you can really start at something like thirty thousand dollars, and then option all the way up to seventy something thousand. It gets out of control in a heartbeat, and they especially when they start burying the thing that you want at wicked high trim levels, which happens. If there's all some the time, some yeah. particular feature that you really want, oh yeah, I want whatever massaging seat, who knows, whatever it is. But yeah, so uh, Ram fifteen hundred. I think our verdict is. Along with everyone else who's ever driven this truck, basically, yeah, we we dig it. I would I would buy this, um, and apparently a lot of other people too, because they're selling selling lots of them. Yeah, but that's it. And uh, you know, here we are in traffic, day after day. <laughs> this is what life has come down to. Yeah, this seemed like a good idea at one point. <laughs> Let's go sit in traffic, wake up early. I don't know how people do this every day. Oh, because I need to make the money to pay for mm, the truck. That's, that's true. All, all these people, they're all getting ready to buy trucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. But Ram 1500, good. Like, subscribe, comment, all those things. Notifications. Ring the bell. All that. Watch it on your commute. Just put your phone up. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, you could listen on your commute. That's fine. But anyway, we're going to go enjoy some traffic. So have a good day. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. We didn't even talk about the the dual glove box. So many trucks have this nowadays. We could, oh, we didn't open up my recall notice. Oh, things we're going to have to splice into the video. Okay, so. Uh, There's storage absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Including two upper and lower glove boxes. So you get the secret glove box that you couldn't find before. Right. So there's a regular glove box here, which does not have the registration, despite me looking. And like many trucks, there's a secret glove box here. I like the secret glove. I like it's like flips up, like James Bondy. Oh, what's this? That looks like uh, mail from Chevrolet. It is mail for me what from is, Chevrolet. What does it say? This is going to be good. Dear Brian, as the owner of a 2016 Chevrolet Silverado light hey, duty you. extended cab, your satisfaction is important to us. This is letters make you aware that in some circumstances, some 2016 model year Chevy Silverado LDEXT vehicles may have a condition whereby customers may experience increased brake pedal effort, hard brake pedal, and or potentially increased stopping distance. The condition is more prevalent at low speed when softly applying brakes. That doesn't sound good. No, the Sounds engine like mounted mechanical vacuum pump, pump output may decrease over time in the amount of vacuum brake assist. So the brakes don't work. Apparently my truck won't stop. Um, GM is providing you with additional special coverage outlined in this letter for the condition described above in the interest of customer satisfaction. So it's not a recall, Apparently, it's a warranty extension. Yeah, six years and 72,000 miles. That's not very extended. No. Um, if my truck decides to not stop over 72,000 miles, they'll fix it. It says it's at low speed. Right. No one has ever died at low speed from a truck on the road. Fine. Yeah. Wear your seatbelts, kids. Yeah. All right. But I do like the, the bonus surprise uh, glove box. Just fit your firearms in there. Yeah, I actually never use mine the way I should. I think it's like mostly for like putting glasses and things in and like, you know, people like to hide things in these compartments when they get out of the truck. Yeah. Uh, put your phone in there or whatever. Yeah. I do wish you could lock it though. It's you can surpri- lock the lower one, but you can't it lock the upper one. It surprises me that you can't. I want to say my double glove compartments, if I lock one, they both lock though. This might be the same thing. Well, it could be. I can't be bothered to test that out yeah. right now. But, okay. But, you know, yeah, I like that. And it says Bighorn. 
it case does you were, say big you were wondering. Yeah. It also says airbag. That's what's sitting in this seat. Yeah, right there. there's a big hot airbag. It's full of hot air. <laughs>